They were complete strangers. Then... You saved my life! That's a great story. Do you want a kiss? On the way down here, I met this woman. She's completely different than anyone I've ever met. Life is supposed to be a ride, right? Do you want a kiss? You go Sandra Bullock, Ben Affleck. I haven't known you that long, but I think something may be wrong with you. <laughs> Forces of Nature, rated PG-13, starts tomorrow everywhere. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hey, Tyler. It's Sandy New Year. Happy Sandy New Year. We told you, the sponsors, that it was coming, and you half you guys were like, we're canceling. We're not going to sponsor this podcast anymore because you didn't give us Sandy New Year in the first episode mm-hmm. of 2022. And I said, just wait. And then I said, please wait. And then they still canceled, and we lost that Kirby vacuum uh, contract. Oh, but that's okay. Oh, man. So, yes, this is our fourth annual tradition of Sandy New Year being recorded on early, early January it's very 18th, early. 2022. <laughs> it's very early. To kick off the Sandy New Year. Yes, fourth. That means we can actually say annual because we've actually been doing it every year. Isn't it like three in a row you can start saying? And the third I one mean, you can it, say annual? I mean, if you go by society's definition, you can say it on the first year. Oh. But yeah. you will always bitch about that and you're like, they can't say no, fucking that's annual. That is thing. not annual. No, you can't even do... No, you have to wait at least a year. You can't say first annual. There's no proof that you're going to be able to do it a yeah. second time. Yeah, prove it. No, we don't do that. Prove you take it. that out. Take, take that, that out. Exactly. So in previous seasons, we've done uh, Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. We've done... Oh, wait for it. <laughs> I can't... Oh, The Net. That was like our first one. Did you it? just blank out? Yeah. What's the third one we did? Oh, oh come I on. know. While you were sleeping. Yes. Which I think might have been the... Well, I don't know which one we did the first, but they're all available. I think it was that one because it's actually sort of set It's New like Year's. New Year's, yeah. Christmas, New Year's Eve time. Mm-hmm. And then we did this one. Everybody's fourth favorite Sandra Bullock movie. Surprisingly, Sandy Bullock does not have a lot of movies in these 80s and 90s uh, time frame. Well, she got popular in 94 with I know. Speed. We yeah. could have done Speed. Yeah, it's a short It's a short window of movies for us to choose we from. We could have done A Time to Kill. We could yeah. have done Speed 2. I'm not saying control. there wasn't any. I'm saying the list is short. We didn't want to do Practical Magic because that felt Halloween-y. And also that movie's terrible. But then we picked this movie anyway. So but it's also not like we avoided I, a terrible Also, I movie. love Magic, so that will probably be next year's. I don't think... It's not Magic... Angie, it's practical magic. You know what? Forces of Nature was definitely about forces of nature. <sighs> this fucking movie. <laughs> okay. We are going to have some fun with that movie, but we're not ready for that yet. We got to do our first segment called What You've Been Watching, where we talk about what we've been watching recently. Helps keep the podcast relevant to today. And also, you know, Tyler consumes a lot of media. And, and if I don't let him talk about it on this podcast, then he bores me with all the facts. So, oh, wait, I'm still here. But anyway, yeah, you're still here. We've watched a couple things recently together and you've watched several of course on your own well i thought it was only fair that we're watch you know we're talking about this bad ben affleck movie and you know i can't do my boy affleck that way we have to talk about good affleck Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and he actually has had some good work out this year i saw both of those things you saw one of them both Uh, of those things you didn't say the things well one of them is the last duel Mm -hmm. which he co-wrote and then co-stars in uh, which I had talked about previously. Did I? I don't remember if I ever talked about it. You know, I, I can't keep track of what yeah. you talked about on here versus well, anyway, in the kitchen. It's, it's on HBO Max now, and you watched it, and I watched it. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about The Last Duel? It was a notorious bomb at the box office, but uh, yeah. Overall, I thought it was very long. 
It's long, sure. But other than that, I thought it was really good. Uh, the the hair game in this movie is mm. good. The men's hair game is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, it was fun watching Affleck in sort of a a, a period piece. He has bleach blonde hair, like a bowl cut. It's and a goatee. It's uh-huh. pretty great. And he's not in it very much. He's only no, in he's like a, a chunk of it. Yeah, he's he. Well, it's okay. So, um, <laughs> no wonder. Well, big shock. It didn't do very well at the box office. It's about a rape, um, <laughs> a medieval rape. It's like based on actual facts of mm-hmm. things that happened. Um, but the unique thing about the movie is that it's told from three different perspectives. So you get a little bit of this doubling over before you get to this duel. So you get a perspective from Matt Damon who plays a, a, a squire-type uh, knight person uh, who has a wife, mm-hmm. played by Jodie Comer. And then you have Adam Driver, who is the person who has been accused of this rape. And uh, then the third perspective shifts to Jodie Comer's character, which is um, far and away the best segment of the movie. Um, and and it, it's kind of a tough movie in that you start watching it and you go through Matt Damon's perspective. And because he, because it's his perspective, he's seeing himself in a very noble way and it's a little it's honestly kind of dry because it's just like okay well all right this is a story about this guy who's this noble knight whatever well that shifts in the second perspective has to play it uh, different ways in those as well and then i think the movie really deepens when it gets to um jody comer's sec- section of the movie i think that's kind of like the best stretch of it honestly um but i will say affleck is very heavily involved in really only part two mm-hmm. which is the adam driver perspective because he is like a friend slash he's like the lord of this um area of the kingdom or whatever um but man he's he, i mean this is not a fun movie by any stretch but he's fun in the part he's yes. kind of this much needed levity before it kind of like the last hour of this movie is pretty pretty heavy because the the yeah. i will say that the rape is not depicted in the first segment but then it is right kind of after the majority of affleck stuff and then you you, you get it twice mm-hmm. um what i do like about it i don't think it's spoiling much is that you do see the adam driver perspective first and i think it's fairly clear that what he's done is very wrong even mm-hmm. in his perspective and I think that the movie was very smart to do it that way um, and then it has a lot to say about kind of the dynamic of class and gender at that time period but then um, I mean even the way that Affleck <laughs> comes around and says deny 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 it feels very modern in that regard um, Nicole Holof Center is the writer alongside Affleck and Damon uh, Hall Center came on board later. You can definitely feel her imprint on the that Jodie Comer section, and it's terrific. I think it's one of the best movies of the year, honestly. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that you could discuss about this movie. Yeah. A lot of, like, small scenes and how they changed from the different perspectives, and I think there's a lot to appreciate there. Uh, like, one that pops into mind is there's a scene where... Um, Marguerite, who is the main character played by Jodie Comer, is explaining to her husband like what happened. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, she's like, um, in, in from his perspective, she was like, I want him to answer for this. Like, will you help me, basically? Right? And so, right. like, she's, you know, it's just, it's depicted so differently than her perspective. Right. Which is like, just so different so like from his perspective he's like a helper and he's coming into you know he's the savior and blah 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 and then and then the real perspective is quite quite different because the jody comer um segment is depicted as uh because there's these little title screens that says the truth according to a truth according Mm -hmm. to well on the third one 
the title card evaporates the name and just leaves the truth on there. Mm -hmm. So I think the movie is very clearly saying that, like, this is the correct perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, It's directed by Ridley Scott, who, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's he's a veteran director. He's still got it. He he really makes a, uh, a, a nice movie out of all this. I liked how... Uh, it, you know, when you hear that it's going to be three different perspectives, I think, and you hear it's two and a half hours, I think maybe the idea is that, like, oh, this is going to be repetitive. Yeah. And it is not. Like, I think it, it only really re-threads certain things. Yeah, a couple key scenes. It doesn't repeat and it, everything. And it does it in an interesting way, and so that it doesn't... Um, and then it, it kind of adds scenes around it, right? Mm-hmm. So you see a different part or an extension of something. So there's never a lot of, like, folding over, only when it's really necessary and when it's interesting. And I thought that that was kind of a... a a pretty strong work of editing to kind of make that work. And then I think the the last duel itself, when it finally gets there, is pretty rousing and brutal uh, and definitely kind of adds a a big mark. It's, it's a tough movie, though, because obviously the subject matter is tough. And the only real likable character is probably Jodie Comer. And you don't get to really get to know her until an hour and a half in because she's very much on the sidelines uh, of those first two perspectives. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but it's very much, it's very good. I think it's it's gotten, you know, disregarded. I, I, Ridley Scott has another movie out called House of Gucci, which is, I think, kind of entertaining. But um, that one is the one that's getting more like Oscar juice. Like that one might get Lady Gaga in. That one might get some other stuff. I think that that movie's fun. I think The Last Duel is a far better movie. But because The Last Duel didn't make it, we bombed. And it's about a tough subject matter. Obviously, you know, it is the way it is. Yeah. That's you why the award season's silly sometimes. You and I got in a little bit of an argument about uh, a comment I made that Adam Driver's a better actor than Ben Affleck. Yeah, I hard disagree with that. And I think because um, the more I thought about it, I, I, I he, Affleck could have very, since he was involved as a producer and a writer, like he probably could have had the main part that Adam Driver has. And I like that he wanted to do the other part, and mm-hmm. because I think he could actually do that part. He's played unlikable dudes before, uh, and, and I, I think what Matt Damon's doing is a very can be done by a lot of people, but Matt Damon is very good at playing sniveling, uh, a sniveling dude who rationalizes everything. He's done it a few times, and I think he's one of the best at doing that because he's like, still like very masculine. In his snivelly, yeah, bullshit. but like this is very much in the mm-hmm. vein of The Departed, where he's like a clear villain in, but he is required to be a lead too, and so you have to kind of see his perspective, and you have to kind of. I, I think he's just very good at being like a little shit, and uh, and that's an underrated quality because I think a lot of people associate Matt Damon with like The Martian, where he's like being likable movie star, right? Mm-hmm. But he's actually probably even better doing things like this, where mm-hmm. he's kind of playing a shitbag. He kind of does it really well in about 10 minutes of a movie called Interstellar. Uh, You know, spoiler alert, he's not really, you know, told, you know, you're not really told he's in that movie, but then he does it and he's playing a very similar kind of like shithead. Not like evil guy, but like a shithead. Mm -hmm. And I think he's good at that. Adam Driver, I think, listen, yeah, okay, is is Adam Driver a better actor than Ben Affleck? Maybe Adam Driver is one of our best actors right now, so it's kind of like... I don't know if that's... I don't know. It's not a fair comparison. But I, to answer your question, I think Affleck could have played both parts. I don't know, because I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so, but No, maybe. the Affleck of Forces of Nature era in 1999? No, he couldn't do that. But I think... 
Uh, he's gotten uh, uh, much better. I think he's become a, a, a very good actor, and that's why it will lead me into uh, another movie I saw with Ben there's, Affleck. There's something about Adam Driver, though, that is, you know, he, he can be, like, attractive, but then, like, not attractive at the same time. And and very um, scary, yeah, but, but also warm. It's a very and unique like person. Like, he can, yeah. he can yep. straddle both, and, and that has, like, a certain, like attractive energy to it and interestingly enough like in house he's in house of gucci as well and he has the toughest part in that movie because it really doesn't ask him to do anything big other people around him are being big but he has to go through a very key shift at the end of that movie Mm -hmm. and i think he he like the i think that movie is scripts kind of a mess and the only reason that kind of works is because adam driver is such a terrific actor Mm -hmm. that it kind of he's able to play this guy who seems very um well, you have to believe that he's very, like, soft-spoken and kind of a nice guy, but he has to turn into, like, this person who's leading this cutthroat business. And so, it, uh, you know, there's a shift there, and it's tough. So, yeah, I like, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to disparage Adam Driver to defi- try to defend Ben Affleck. You that's better what not. To get me to do. You best not. So that was The Last Duel. If you have HBO Max, you should just go watch it. I think if you're interested in one medieval times, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, uh, you know, women's rights and history. and It's very good. I don't know. You know like I, Interesting I, storytelling. You if you're interested in any of those, yeah, I, yeah. I'd go watch it. So then that leads me into Affleck's other movie of the fall that came out on Amazon Prime eh, last week or so. It's called The Tender Bar. It is a kind of a coming-of-age drama uh, based on a memoir of a writer. Um, he's not the main character that, like, he's like, he plays the uncle to this kid who has no, his dad's out of the picture. You know, he's young. His dad's kind of abandoned him. He thinks he's going to have this relationship with his dad. His mom is very much overworked. She's having to go and you know, do several jobs to keep afloat. They're living in the, like the family house with the grandpa and, and Affleck as the uncle. And he owns a bar. And then the movie's kind of split between him being a young kid. And then when he's like about to go to college and in college and it, yeah, I said it was directed by George Clooney. Did I say that? Yes. Um, well, I just read that. So yes, George Clooney. It's not a great movie. And it, it continues the streak of George Clooney's directorial efforts being very anonymous and, anonymous kind of, yeah this very unmemorable i guess oh, like, like he doesn't have like a signature style well, it's just weird because the first two movies he did were as uh, confessions of a dangerous mind and good night and good luck which were so distinct and so good and so everything since then has just been not great the script is not not that great um i'm sure the memoir is very good but it just kind of comes off as very over sentimental and and not not having that much to say but having said that um affleck is so good in every scene he's in and he's in quite a bit i mean it, it's you know he gets top billing he's not the lead but um yeah he's just got this guy down like he's a you know he's a an uncle who you know he's a warm-hearted uncle he probably drinks too much he has a bar he lets this kid hang out at the bar but he's a, a good dude and has good advice for him and um it's just one of those effortless type of performances that um that are always they'd never seemed that hard but like, are probably very difficult to pull off and i think that he's just really good in it so i think it's a continued evolution of uh, and very different part than um his role in last duel or even something like you know how good he is in like a gone girl or um i don't know even the accountant he plays a weird kind of character mm-hmm. in that but you know i think affleck is uh he's good i think he's had a very good streak i don't you don't you didn't watch his 2020 movie which was called the way back where he was a uh, 
basketball coach who was an, uh, just a heavy alcoholic. Oh, yeah, and I remember you telling me about that. That yeah. obviously ties into his personal life a little bit, I'd say, and he's just incredible in that. It was a movie that kind of got forgotten because it came out right when the pandemic started, so... Um, you know, you're looking at me for saying right like I was a yeah, t- you, Tony the Tiger. You, you definitely jabbed somebody's ears with that right. If Good. they had headphones on, my God, Good. Tyler. See you later, eardrums. Ooh. I know how I feel in my broken eardrum. Anyway, Tender Bar, it's okay. I You'd watch it for Aflac, but other than that, it's kind of forgettable. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. What uh, else have you been watching? Uh, let's see. I watched. I was gonna watch the Lost Daughter with you, but you watched it without me. Well, you kept, uh, you know, not watching it. So then I said, "Can I watch it?" And you're like, "Yeah, it's fine." The Lost Daughter. This is on Netflix. This is directed by. It's her directorial debut, Maggie Gyllenhaal, a well-known actress, obviously. Um, based on a short novel, um, Olivia Coleman plays this woman who's on vacation. Uh, she has grown children that you learn about later, um, but she kind of begins to watch this other family on the beach, and then the way that she gets entwined with them is interesting, it, and then it, it, they begin these flashbacks to her as a young mother, and that's played by Jesse Buckley, who is in, like, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, mm-hmm. um, and so it just conjures up her attitudes and what happened when, you know, uh, you know, she was a young mom and she had some issues, um, yeah, it's really well made. It's Olivia Coleman. I think, you know, she just, she won an Oscar not very long ago for, um, oh gosh, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, the, 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 the queen, is it, oh my The gosh. Fire? Huh? The Fire movie? The Fire movie? Yeah, no. Painting on Fire or whatever. No, Portrait of Lair? No, she's not in that. Oh my oh. God, I can't think of the movie. I really like that movie. The Favorite. Yeah, The Favorite. What's The Favorite? The one with Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, and she, Olivia Coleman plays the queen. Oh, I was thinking of, it came out at the same time as Lady of Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's 2019. Or You made me watch them at a like, Similar time. same week. Mm-hmm. And then she's in the, fo- yeah, no, she's great. And she, this is another like really amazing performance by her. I, she's... Uh, Oh man, she just commands the screen in this thing. It's because uh, she's got to go through a lot of things, and she, you learn a lot about her that you don't like. And it's very tough to play a part like this and have it teeter away, you know, not teeter out of like just really un, not liking her. Um, the supporting cast is good. Ed, Ed Harris is kind of has a small part. Dakota Johnson, um, very good as this young mother that she kind of watches for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's good. I'd recommend it. It's uh, it's not an easy watch. I think that if you have been a mom, um, or even a parent, I think mothers would probably recognize more in it. But I think if you're a parent, you can kind of understand like a little bit of this like feeling of just like. Uh, but it's not a good feeling. Like you'll even if you felt that way, you like feel bad because it's like she's a woman who's like God. I really don't like being a parent to these kids. Blah 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 blah. And I don't know. I think that. Even though her character is an extreme version of that, I think people can kind of relate to like the exhaustion or feeling alone or feeling like you've you know lost some other aspect of your life by doing this other thing, right? So, mm-hmm. um, in that regard, it's kind of a uh, kind of a intriguing character piece. So, not an easy movie to watch, but good, good movie. Maggie Gyllenhaal has very has, shows a lot of promise as a director too. I would say. So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Hmm. Just makes me think about how women have to lose their identity to become moms. It's, the movie is very much about that. Where like men don't, men get to maintain their identities it's, as a parent. And really, what's interesting is that there are some men in the movie, but they're not. Um, yeah, it's. I think the Ed Harris character is a little bit key to that very thought. Um, 
because who is he in the movie? He just plays like a caretaker of the hotel that she's staying or at the bed and breakfast she's staying, and he obviously has a story for being down there, and he has kids, but it's just like not way down. It's a very small part, but I think what you just spoke on is interesting because the way that he is able to kind of disassociate or kind of push aside. There's like one scene where that comes up, and it's just like. It, it's kind of shoved Brushed aside. aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I thought that was, yeah, when you say that, I think that that's very much why it's in the movie, mm-hmm. I would say. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a real fun movie to it's watch. Not, it's, not a, it's not an easy <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, I'll just sure. really, really rush to watch okay, that. Okay, uh, different kind of movies then. I watched Monster Hunter. Yeah, dude. This is you're po- supposed to save your terrible Mila Jovovich movies that are about terrible things for me. It's basically a Resident Evil sequel. Um, I haven't seen that new Resident Evil, but she's not in it anyway. Um, but it's Paul W.S. Anderson, like her husband, who made all those movies with her, several of those sequels and stuff with her. It came out in 2020, like in December. So I don't know. It was on like our uh, show. Some one of the things we have for like a month. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's it's just it's so forgettable. Uh, yeah, and it, it's just relentless, and it's. It, there's, it feels like there's like 15 action sequences and there's only been a half hour movies gone by and you're just like, oh my god, what else is left in this movie? Like, it just feels like there's already... I mean, it's based on a video game and it feels that way. And mm-hmm. there's this new reassessment of Paul W.S. Anderson of like, no, he's like a good action director and like, his movies are interesting and we did Mortal Kombat last year and, you know, we had some nice-ish things to say about that old Mortal Kombat movie. It's still like not a great movie or anything, but no, I don't know where some of this reassessment comes from because to me... The action is still very artificial, and the pacing is all off. So no, I, I like I like Mila Jovovich, Tony Jaws in it, Ron Perlman is a, yeah, in a very weird what? small role. It's so weird. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's not it's not great. I would not necessarily recommend it. Um, a little bit better was the Protege, um, which is directed by Martin Campbell, who did like Casino Royale, and you know he's got a good action chops. And it's it's kind of a low rent type of thriller. Maggie Q, who's from like uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies, I think she did like that La Femme Nikita show like reboot. Um, she should be more of a she's got action pedigree. I don't know why she hasn't done more of this kind of uh, movie, but. You know, she plays an assassin that was raised by another assassin, you know, Sam Jackson. There's a flashback where Sam Jackson's an assassin who comes across her and, like, takes her in because she's a young kid who was abandoned or whatever. And so she grows up to be an assassin. Like, very well-worn story, right? Um, but then something terrible happens, and so she's trying to go after everybody. And then I think the most interesting part of this movie is that Michael Keaton comes in as this... I don't know, it's pitched as him to be kind of like the antagonist, but that's not how their relationship starts, and they kind of like each other, and you get to see Michael Keaton do action, like fighting, mm-hmm. which is really fun, like you mm-hmm. never knew you wanted to see Michael Keaton do like uh, fist fights, but it's really fun, and I don't know, like there's something to that. It has kind of a, a not great uh, res- resolution, but certainly watchable. I think it's, you know, I think Mega Q is a good enough um, screen presence, and then you have you know, Sam Jackson in a supporting role and you have Michael Keaton doing this thing. He doesn't, I mean, he's, he's he, neither of those two are in the movie all that much, but Michael Keaton's in more, but um, yeah, it's it's watchable. I was just looking up uh, Maggie Q's uh, filmography. Was it like a Nikita show? Like she did the remake of that television series. I feel like that's kind of her main 
Nikita? No. That's not. Oh, yep. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. just called it. it 73 be, episodes. It used to be La Femme Nikita, the old one, then they remade it. Yeah. Anyway. Then she did Divergent, you know, that book series movie yeah, thing. I don't think they ever finished those movies. And then Insurgents, right? That yeah. I don't think they ever finished that series, though. No. She voices Wonder Woman on uh, the Young Justice TV series. Nice. Good for her. So there. Keep those paychecks, girl. Yeah. No, yeah. she's in like what? Is she is she Ghost Proats or is she number three, Mission Impossible? Uh, Could be three. Three. Yeah, she's in three. She's good in three. I don't back know why some of these characters don't come back. Like there's another that and who's the gal in number four, both of which should be back in the like they should bring those characters back. Simon Pegg keeps coming back. Ving Rings keep coming back. Bring these other people back. Yeah. They're good. No, women are dis- disposable. Well, Rebecca Ferguson has been in the last few, and she continues to be, and I love Rebecca Ferguson, but the other, Maggie Q's good, and I'm, the name escapes me on Ghost Proats, but she's good, too. I'm very disappointed in you, Tyler. Yeah. I, I like that. And then, um, so I, I don't know, I rented that. It was like a 99 cent rental. It's from 2021, though. Um, and then finally, I watched The Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. I fired up, finally fired up Apple TV when that came out. There's a couple other things. You want to watch Ted Lasso. Yes. So we're going to do that this month, right? So um, there's a couple of things that I've been meaning to watch. So, But I finally fired it up for Denzel Washington and Francis McDermott in the Shakespeare uh, track Macbeth. Um, it's Joel Cohen, so it's one half of the Cohen brothers. Ethan Cohen is like... Everything's fine between them, but it sounds like Ethan Cohen's like just needing a break from movie making. Don't we all need a break from our normal jobs? Um, but man, I and this is the thing about Tragedy Macbeth. I don't know. I'm familiar enough with the story, but I definitely didn't like like that was not a, a play that we I studied in high school. I don't know like if I was just in the wrong class for it or whatever. Um, and in college, and I studied a few different Shakespeare plays in college, but um, not Macbeth, and so. And I haven't seen, like, a ton of versions of it. Maybe one. I'm familiar enough with it, but not overly. Um, I would recommend anybody who watches it to just, like, go ahead and read a summary of the play. um, Because it's in the language, and I think you're just better equipped if you just kind of are familiar with, like, the basic beats. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that makes it more, you know, I think you just, you know, you're able to, if you're not, if you're just not, if not as familiar with what happened in Macbeth before, just to kind of know. Um, because, you know, there's some choices made. It's it shortened a little bit. Um, it's gorgeous. It It's shot... It seems like all done on a, on a stage. Um, but there's a lot of outdoor shots, but those are very clearly um, shot on a stage as well. And it's just got this incredible black and white photography on top of it. And the, and the stage look is, you know, there's in these castles, but everything is just so severe. It's got these big angled um uh, you know walkways and hallways and doorways and it's just a lot of shadow going on very abstract and then it's also framed um in academy ratio so it's very square right and then so that lends itself to more close-ups and stuff like that and then you've got um a good cast but then you have denzel washington and francis mcdermott in these parts and it's i mean yeah, yeah, yeah there's no one better to do those parts right and I like um, Denzel. He kind of, like, the way he does the language early in the story kind of shifts as the character becomes unraveled. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, I didn't know what to expect because I was not um, overly familiar with Macbeth. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was, it's it's almost like, it's. Kinda, I think the joke going around it, it's, it's on Apple, but it was an A24 movie. And some people kind of jokingly call it like the, Oh, well, it's a, it's Shakespeare by way of A24 horror, like slow horror. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of those movies. And it has that look about it. And it does feel, you know, 
a lot of dread the three witches who are very interestingly played here um it's really good i i think it's uh definitely worth watching um even if you're not like i said if you're not a shakespeare person just uh read a little bit and then fire up those subtitles it'll help you you can follow it along it, the performances are good even if you you feel a little lost with the language i feel like it you know there's betrayal there's people that want power wait yeah it's not like you have to know all that much so it's really good i'd recommend it can i still watch it mm-hmm. it's on apple cool yep i was just reading about ian or ethan 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 hunt from mission cohen. impossible oh ethan cohen yeah yeah well, I know that he went to like some of these premieres when it went to the film festival circuit with Joel and Francis McDermott. They're married, Joel mm-hmm. Cohen and Francis McDermott. So, like, there's no animosity no. there or anything. According just to just their breaking... longtime composer mm-hmm. in an interview uh, on a podcast, not this podcast, <laughs> uh, um, he's just not interested in making movies anymore. He just wants to do more theater stuff. Oh, well. I will say it didn't like for me like watching it was I felt the same way that I felt about watching Wes Anderson this year some of my favorite like it the, the stuff's still there if you're mm-hmm. a Coen Brothers fan like the juice is still mm-hmm. there the score I don't know if it's the same guy who did the score the score is Probably. amazing the, the, the visual effects are, are the, the the look of the movie is amazing I think it's uh, really great so I like this one comment the the composer guy said he was like what's uh, the composer's name yep good question uh Carter Burwell yeah I think that's him yep Yep. Um, he said that they've written a lot of stuff together that's sitting on various shelves. Oh. So he's like, hopefully they can, like, do No, this is very good. And it, this is, I don't know if he just took these from previous recordings, but it has a very, it fits perfectly. And it that's has cool. this elevated, tense feel about it. So, nice. Yeah. It's, and it, like, especially for a, um, for you know like i think with the language it can be kind of a a barrier, a, a barrier mm-hmm. but it's like an hour 40 hour 45 like it clicks pretty well and it moves like this is it's well paced i think mm-hmm. so yeah i liked it quite a bit excellent and that's it for now you watch some show oh together we watched a, a 2022 film oh we did i forgot about that mm-hmm. we both kind of like half watched it <laughs> Yeah, I watched the last 10 minutes. That's all I can say I really watched. So, yeah, we, the kids really wanted to watch Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania. And what I'll say about it is that it's weird in that I find this fascinating. And I need to have, like, a full-on, like, big essay or big podcast about, like, why Adam Sandler, who will say yes to literally everything, and Kevin James, another mm-hmm. person who will say yes to everything, both, like declined to return for this installment they both were in all three of the previous ones adam sandler is the main character now the kevin james character is like the frankenstein character he's get you know he's enough sidelined on these any of the movies that it doesn't really matter if it's him or not mm-hmm. um but adam sandler like his character is you know the lead of this movie too and they I, I will say that the guy they got to replace him like i didn't bother me like he sounded close enough to like dracula i didn't i didn't feel like i was missing a, a single thing but it's weird because, like, Andy Samberg is back and Selena Gomez, and they get top billing this time. And, like, David Spade and Steve Buscemi are in that group. These are all part of the club. Yeah. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is one of them. But, like, Adam, like, I don't know. Like, there was this one thing I read that, like, he wanted it to be more a certain way. And, like, over the course of the series, it's gone more a different direction. And I would argue, like... Hotel Transylvania 3, if my recollection is correct, is probably the best of the three. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a better movie. Like, the more it got away... So, I don't know. I just, I, It's weird to me that he will say yes to all these things, and then maybe they saved a lot of money uh, by not having him in it. But 
I didn't miss them. It's fine. The movie, the movie itself is very forgettable. It, it, it's fine. It, the kids even thought it was like not as good as some of the other ones. But is it? Do you think it has anything to do with his uh, Netflix contract? No. And Sony? No. I They're not like in conflict. No, because he's made other things outside of that Netflix contract. It just means you have to do the Netflix stuff. I think he's had that contract when he did Nick all those hotel transfers. He's had a Netflix contract for several years well, now. Well, he reportedly signed a $250 million deal with Netflix in July of 2020. Yeah, the re-up or whatever. But I feel like, the, yeah, I, that's fine. I'm just, it's weird. It's weird to me that he, he's not in the movie and I want to know all about why. Because like, why was he like, the gossip. I just want to I want to see the part where he's like, I don't like this script. I'm just like, my mind would be blown because the dude says yes to lots of scripts that are not great. And I like Adam Sandler in certain things, but goodness. The hmm. guy who does an impression, the guy who does the Kevin James, like, doesn't sound like Kevin James, but, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's totally 100% like, fine. Like, no big deal. No harm, no foul. Yeah, it makes no sense. I don't get it. They guess if they save money on the production, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? There's a secret to be told there. Well, a conspiracy sold- to be shared. What's the other thing is that they, it was going to be a theatrical release and then Sony like sold it. And I feel like they sold it for like, they like Amazon paid like a hundred million dollars for this thing. And that's weird. And then what? they release it and then they release it in January. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> like, why is that a January release? It's done well. I can. They brag about when we turned it on yesterday. It was like bragging about how it was the number one streaming title in all of the world. So, yay for Hotel yay. Transylvania Four! Yikes. Anyway, eh. That's what we've been watching. Shall we do a quick recap? It's a recap. <laughs> it's a recap. We watched the last duel. Recommend. It's on HBO, uh, HBO. or Rent. Uh, the Tender Bar with Ben Affleck. Amazon Prime. The Lost Daughter. I didn't like that that much, but he's good in it. Lost Daughter's on Netflix. Very Skip good. it. That's, that sounds like a downer. No, it's good, though. Yeah, it sounds like a downer. Might talk about it in our future episode. Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to go back Skip. and watch that. I think that. it was on Stars. I don't remember which one it was on. Oh, yeah. Now I can't even watch it. It might. One of those still is sitting around. You might be able to watch that. Mm. I don't. Why would you want to? It's no mm. good. Because I like Mila Jovovich. <sighs> and I like things blowing up. And you said it had both of those things. It doesn't have a lot of. Yeah, okay. I saw some pictures of her holding some giant gun thingies. The guns don't work against the the monsters. That's the whole point, though. Anyway, the protege with Maggie Q. And yeah, Michael Keaton. It's like if you could rent it for ninety nine cents, or you can go to the Red Box and get that. Absolutely. Okay, Tragedy of Macbeth. Great on Apple TV. Yeah. Hotel Transylvania. It's on Amazon Prime. I don't know why you care, but yeah. If you have kids. I okay, guess. so that's what we've been watching. Yeah. All right, let's transition to two. Forces of Nature Sandy from 1999. Happy Sandy New Year. Do you want to do what you remember or you want to do high stats first? What do you remember? Okay. I actually wrote this down. Oh, good. This is the first time in a I while. had my laptop out. I took notes. I was very studious. You it's, start in the year right, except for that previous episode on Wizard of Oz where you took no notes, but that's okay. That doesn't count because now it's officially Sandy New Year. Ah, okay. So you're starting fresh with Sandy New Year. Yeah. And that was more of a scheduling issue. That was a, supposed to be like a New Year's Eve type Wizard of Oz episode. Yeah, exactly. It just got delayed a little bit. Because, you know, life with yeah, four kids. fine. And shit. And it didn't have to be holiday, so we just moved it, okay? Get off our case, Kirby vacuums. So what do you remember? Here's what I wrote. Uh-huh. I wrote uh, just a handful of words. Okay. Uh, nothing. Did I ever watch this? Uh, conclusion or follow-up answer, no. Yeah, I No, I did it. not. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I saw it in a movie theater. What? How? You? We were only like 14 or 15. Yeah, well, I was on the Affleck train oh, and the Sandy Bullock train Tyler, back then. Tyler, Well, I said Tyler. Ben Affleck is flying to his wedding. The plane hits birds or something and doesn't want he doesn't want to fly anymore. So he and fellow passenger Sandra Bullock rent a car together and sparks fly. Will he leave his fiance? Who cares? I recall this movie being bad. Wow. And true enough, when it started, I remembered... Mm, a little bit of it and then once it got to like because here's the thing about it and we can mm-hmm. get into it like it's a very planes trains and automobiles type of movie right well they actually get on a plane on a train and they're in a car and done with a car and it's only 35 minutes have gone we by. checked like we're we were like okay we've done those I was things like, what the hell is the rest of this movie about and then sure enough there's just a bunch of unnecessary shit yeah so it's yeah full of garbage garbage we're gonna talk about we are we are we are so all right some high, high stats. stats forces of nature Which, you know, it's fun because I was trying to find some, like, fun facts and trivia about this. And the most information that kept coming up was just, like, National Geographic. Like, (laughs) actual, like, things about weather. That's the risk you take when you pick a generic name for your movie. That's right. Um, So, Forces of Nature was released on March 19th, 1999. It is rated PG-13. Clocks in at one hour and 45 minutes. That's 15 minutes too long. Now, let's be honest. It's about an hour too long <laughs> for the story being told. It's about an hour and 45 minutes too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it was budgeted at uh, an estimate of $75 million. Oh my god, what? $75 million? Dollars? So Sandy Bullock got, she got $20 million, right? I at the freaking hope her, so. Yeah, I mean, she probably got $20 million. Half-Black is off of what? Armageddon and, okay, so he probably did it... He probably has had the Oscar for Goodwill Hunting in hand. So maybe he's getting some money, but not $20 million. But where's all the rest of the money going? That's Holy a lot shit, of that's money. That's so much. That's a lot of money. Um, domestically, it made $52 million. <sighs> Total worldwide, 93 Yeah. So it, it barely made its money back. Yeah, but no, it didn't. It lost money because... Because yeah. of marketing and yeah, stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, well... Uh, it is written by. Oh, yeah. Slow your roll. You're All just right. like trying to All do right. something exciting. Right. Um, it's written by Mark Lawrence, mm-hmm. who would go on to write yeah, uh, such uh, fun things as. No, I'm thinking something different. Yeah, you totally ruined my my. Mark Lawrence has made movies. He's yeah, I'm about to say it. If you stop I'm fucking interrupting the, me, trying to figure it out. Myself. Take your male privilege, privilege and shut up for a minute, will you? <laughs> Good god i was trying to share something meaningful with our with our people here no he'd go on to write miss congeniality okay two weeks notice oh okay two weeks notice additional scenes did he direct two weeks notice uh now now oh hold hold up i don't think so i think he just wrote it okay but let me check i want to know if mark lawrence is a director uh he did direct it written and directed yeah what else did he direct uh yep i can find that for you I was on his page, but then he made me come over here. Sorry. You're really just messing with my flow. Uh, so, yep, he's written only about 15 things and directed uh, just a handful of things. Oh, he directed Noel. Oh, okay. Which is one of our favorite Christmas movies now. Like a new movie that our kids really like, yeah. Yeah, Music and Lyrics, also from 2007, I like which I really lyrics. liked. Um, yeah. That's the other ones I don't recognize. The Rewrite from 2014. Mm. How Did You Hear About the Morgans? No, oh, no. that movie's bad. And then a couple of the two weeks notice things and an episode of Sweet Valley High. Okay. In 1994. Mark, I probably just remember that name because we watched Noel again with the kids this holiday yes. season and recognized that. So he clearly has a good relationship with our with our Sandy New Year. I think Bill Lawrence is Scrubs, but I could be wrong. God. Okay. Okay, sir. All right. Well, 
Are you done? Oh, it's who's the no, director of this good movie? God, would you slow down for a second? <laughs> Bronwyn Hughes. Who's that? She is a director. Who, you know, you know, I just... <sighs> well... Okay, when women are directors, it's it's important that they direct good screenplays, so I don't know whether, you know, how to blame her, but dang it, damn it, you know? She didn't make a movie after this, right? Uh, no. It's mostly well, been TV directing after this. She yeah, made she, one unheard of movie after but this. But I saw her list. She is, like, an in-demand... She's a very successful television director. She's done all the big good shows, like Better Call Saul and the back Breaking Bad before that. And anything yes. that you've heard of, she's directed an episode of. Yes. Like, like, even Game of Thrones, maybe, even? No. Oh, well, she's done a lot of big ones, is all I'm saying. So, like, she she's fine. Don't yes. get me wrong. She is currently acting... Directing, yeah. I mean, directing. Yeah. yeah, no, but she made Harriet the Spy previously, which I feel like was like a modest hit because it was like Nickelodeon branded, mm-hmm. and it was riding that Rosie O'Donnell like popularity train at the moment because um, she had like her talk show maybe around that time, uh, and then this, which I mean, this movie's a turd, and I mean, yeah, your career's going. If you're a woman and then you give you're given this script and it doesn't turn out great, well, you're gonna get you're gonna get blamed for it. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Whereas Mark, Mark Lawrence, Lawrence, he gets to keep going. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Maybe she wasn't a great director. We don't know. Maybe she couldn't handle uh, movie stars. I don't know if directing is the problem in this movie. We can know. talk about it. We I don't think. No, just not. I don't think. Well, no, no. The script. It's the script. <laughs> yeah. Let Let's see what Mark Lawrence gets after this. This comes out. He probably got something great. Well, he kept working in Miss Congeniality. Exactly. Well, he must not have pissed Sandy Bullock off so too much. Sandy, to Sandy gotten, right. gotten And then that. you got to remember, Sandy had a streak of not great movies in this little stretch. So That's true. All right. So you can't look at your screen anymore because I have a little game that we haven't played on the podcast in too long. It's a little game called Angela Explains It All. Da, na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Yeah, Angela explains it all. Special edition. Oh, Are you God, ready? No. We're gonna play a game. Uh, would you before before we do that? Who is in the cast of this movie? What we do you have mean? that open. You're doing high stats. We're gonna say who's the cast. We have Ben Affleck. We have Sandy Bullock. Who else is the uh, who's in the movie? Mm-hmm. Yep. There are actors in the movie. Yep. Uh, Sandy Bullock, Ben Affleck, Maura Tierney. Maura Tierney. As Bridget, as Ben Affleck's uh, fiance. Yep. Steve Zahn. The wonderful Steve Zahn. Yep. Blythe Danner. Yep. Who is what's her name's Gwyneth real Paltrow's life mom. mom. Yep. And uh, Ben Affleck was dating Gwyneth Belcher when this movie came out. Yep. So around up? that time, sure. Yep. Yep. Ronnie Cox. Yep. Is Hadley. Who's that character? I don't know. Okay. Oh, one of the dads. One of the dads. One okay. Of the dads. Michael Fairman. You want me to keep going? Is no. Richard? No, that's good. Richard Schiff, my boy, Richard Schiff from uh, the West Wing, is here. We'll yep. talk about Richard him. Richard Schiff is Joe. David Strickland is Steve. We'll talk about him. Yep. Uh, you know some other people. Okay. Stop looking. Mm-hmm. I need you. Just close it. No. I don't want you cheating. I don't want you cheating. No. I don't want you cheating. I'll just turn it. Okay. We're playing a little game of Angela Explains and All Special Edition. You're so mean. It's called Mora Tyranny. Or Tay Leone. Oh, shit. Okay. So I'm going to give you titles, and you're going to tell me if this title features one Maura Tierney or Tay Leone. I can't even say their names. Maura or Tia? Taya? That's what's fun. Taya? Maura Tierney. I could be saying her name Tia? What Taya is it? Leone. Taya? Taya? T-E-A with a little thing above Taya the A? or Morny? What's Mo- her? Moira? Mora? Mora? <laughs> M-A-U-R-A? You know, I have language Tierney. challenges. This seems mean. Okay, don't be... What are you doing? I just want to have at least Mora Tierney's name Do you in have front her, of me. 
So I mean, look say at the her screen. name. Let me see. I don't want you cheating. I'm not cheating. I just have the okay. top of the cast from... Right. You're so mean I'm to me. your finger. Because it's fun. I'm going to get 100%. Okay, here we go. to keep track? All right. You keep track of if you miss any. How about that? Oh, uh, How about I keep track of the ones I get right? Okay, fine. Which will be a smaller number okay, for me here to we keep go. track of. Maura Tierney or Taya Leone. <sighs> ER, the television show. Maura Tierney. Correct. Yes. Madam Secretary. Oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> So Tyler and I have a running joke of any time the Madam Secretary, because it always went back in the day when it was on TV and we yeah. actually had TV, yeah. it would always come on after something we watched. The Good Wife. The Good Wife. So anytime I love then, the Good Wife. Yeah, so we'd watch The Good Wife, then this would come on, and then you and I would pretend to fall asleep because she's so sleepy and that show sucks. And if you like that show, fine, that's fine, whatever. Okay, bonus point real quick. Okay. The Good Wife. Uh, Maura Tierney? Correct. Because I went with, <laughs> I didn't like, write that down. You know what I went with? Uh-huh. Like... Well, you know, good wife's good. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. We're continuing. I'm so too, far, I'm, so good. Yeah. 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 Liar, liar. Uh, Tia Leone. Ah, eh. oh, fuck. It's more tyranny. Dang it. Okay. Bad boys. Uh, more tyranny. Eh. God, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Tia Leone. This one you should get. Spanglish. <laughs> Ugh, Tia Leone. <laughs> News Radio, the TV show. More Tierney? Correct. Okay, I got four right, three wrong so far. Jurassic Park 3. Tia Leone. <laughs> yes. It's the worst part of Jurassic Park 3. Deep Impact. Uh, Tia Leone. Yep. And then that fucking thing comes and gets her, and you're like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> wow, you don't like Tia Leone, do you? <laughs> I've got like six right so far. Okay, I'm crushing it's, it. It's going to get harder. Oh, shit. Primary Colors. Oh, that's Tia Leone. <laughs> God More damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the Family Man, a movie that I've had on in this house within the last uh, year and a half. Uh, Maura Tierney. <laughs> I'm pretty it's certain Maura Tierney's only acted in Who's like six things. Who's the lead of Family Man for a bonus point? Uh, Get back Nick on. Cage. There you go, Nick Cage. Yep. Okay, I got, I got right. seven right then. This one's fun. The Naked Truth, a TV show. The Naked Truth. Well, it's TV. Maura Tierney? <laughs> no, Taylioni. <laughs> okay, next one. The Whole Truth, TV show. Uh... <laughs> More tyranny. Yeah. So it's the naked truth was Tay Leone. Yes. The whole truth is more tyranny. They were both like regulars. The whole the naked truth went on longer. Uh, the whole truth kind of around the same time, like one season. I think the naked truth had two seasons. Okay. Okay. Ghost Town. Uh, more tyranny. No, Tay Leone. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> answering her because Tay Leone is so forgettable. One episode of The Office. It better be more tyranny. It is. She plays Robert California's wife. Okay. In that terrible Whew. season. Uh, primal, primal fear. Uh, Tia Leone. No, Mary. God damn Mary it! The Tierney. one time I say her, son of a bitch. Wyatt Earp. Uh, Wyatt Earp. Didn't I? Say, is the show Wyatt Earp? No, no, and that's why I know No, oh. I'm thinking about the old 1994 era movie. Uh, more tyranny. Insomnia. More tyranny. Correct. All right. The television series The Affair. Uh, Tia Leone. No. God damn Martina it. Martina got rave reviews for that show. Damn it. The, the film Fun with Dick and Jane. More Tierney. Tay Leone. Motherfucker. <laughs> this game is not fun. I haven't even seen any of these things. The TV series American Rust. I've never seen it. Uh, Tia Leone. No, more Tierney. <laughs> Mother, son of a. The TV series Rescue Me. More Tierney? More Tierney, correct. <sighs> the film Semi Pro. <laughs> Tia Leone. No, Maura Tierney. God dang it. The movie Instinct with Anthony Hopkins. Maura Tierney. Yeah, well, not a good one. 
back. You missed a lot. How many were there? Uh, well, I listed Because I think I got like 15 right. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18, 18, 18. Come on, come on, come like on. 26? Plus I, got, I gave you a bonus I got one. several right. Yeah, you got several right. I got at least a D. And that was, Angela explains all, Maura Tierney or Taylioni edition. God damn it. How many of those would you have known? Um, Most of them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, they got tough toward the end there. Like Primal Fear, I don't remember that movie. Wyatt Earp, that could have gone either I haven't, way. I haven't seen I knew The movies. Affair. I knew Fun with Dick and Jane. I knew... Eh, <sighs> I knew American Rest. I've heard of that show. Uh, not the other one. Like, not Semi-Pro, not Instinct. I wouldn't remember those. But all the other ones above that, absolutely. Who's more interesting to watch? I like Maura Tierney better. Yeah, Tierney yeah. is... Ugh. She had a... Well, they both had very long-running TV shows now, because Madam... <sighs> Is she in anything that I actually like? Who, Tay Leone? Yeah, how do you spell her name? Tay. Taya Leone. No, how do you spell it? T, like T. Uh-huh. Oh, T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Leone, L-E-O-I-N. Oh, that's her whole name is, is okay. Taya Leone. Taya Leone. Yeah. Uh, she, you know what? You like bad boys, don't you? Oh, uh, was it, well, didn't I go off on a rant about her teeth in yes, one of our episodes? Yes, you did. It was very terrible, and it was you like know, one of not, your lower moments. It's not good to criticize the look of women, no. yeah. but... Uh, but, like, mouth breathers I just take issue with. Like, close your mouth! She does do some mouth breathing in that movie. Um, that's not really the issue with her in any movie. I don't... Movie, oh, but, okay. okay. She's in A League of Their Own. Yep, I didn't put that down. But is she in, is she really in that movie? Yeah, it looks like... I saw that cat. It was, like, not a named per, not a named yeah. character, so... I think she's, like, an opposing player. Because they're, like, first baseman or something. So that's not going to count. I mean, her scene in Deep Impact is very memorable. She's the she's the lead of Deep Impact. She is is top billing. Yeah, is she really? She gets top billing over all those other people. Even well, I don't know. Elijah Wood's up there too, but she has the most. Yeah, it's Elijah Wood running away on his motorbike. She she has the most screen time. She's in Ghost Town. She doesn't make it. Does she ruin Ghost Town? What is that's the Ricky Gervais movie? Oh, not the Ghost World. No, not Ghost World. Okay. Ah, Uh, uh. I haven't seen any of her stuff. Literally. Nothing. Jurassic Park 3 we watched on That's this shit. It. Very podcast. I've seen Jurassic Park 3, The Family Man. Yeah. And Deep Impact. Spanglish. Oh, I don't count that. And Bad <laughs> Boys. Okay, so I've seen like five things with her. Yeah, that's good. There you go. Yikes. That was a terrible segment, but there you go. <laughs> Angela explains it all. More a tyranny or and a Taylioni. crushes edition. it. All right. Well, now we have... There's nothing left to do now except for talk about forces of nature. Do we have to... Yeah. I will say that this movie, like, the one thing I appreciate when we started it mm-hmm. was that it does start very 90s because you get, like, this opening oh, title classic. sequence, which mm-hmm. is, like, words and other stuff scrambling around in a tornado because forces of nature. Oh, yeah. And then, like, after that, like, the very severely animated looking words. Uh-huh. And then after that, we're first scene, we're in, like, a strip, strip club, club and it's, like, a bachelor party. And the lighting and the, the music, so 90s. All the dudes are wearing, like, suits that are too big for them. Oh, yeah, oversized jackets. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, Aflac and some old people are, you know, having a good time at this bachelorette party, or bachelorette party, bachelor party, and, oh, God. What's weird about this movie for, like, the first um, while is that, I don't know if it was just, like, how, I think we watched it on Hulu, maybe? Mm-hmm. What is this? It looks like horrible transfer. Or it's purposely, like, blue in certain sequences. I feel like it is because that wasn't consistent. It wasn't like the whole thing was poorly tinted. It was like scenes were, and then other scenes were lighted fine. If that's the case, then I suspect that the director 
made some choices of being like, we want to create a mood in certain scenes. Like, are you saying? Are you saying going. that in the girl voice to no. like be extra? I'm doing rude? it in like the hoity-toity. This is a stupid idea voice, which is different. Which is different. No, I don't know. I I hope that it, I honestly hope it's more of like just an issue with the transfer because God, it's annoying. Like in the first scene when he's like going to the airport and stuff in New York, it's just like this dark blue. You can barely mm-hmm. see the screen. Mm-hmm. It was almost like that thing you know when our TV glitches and like the the subtitles like you turn those on and then like the screen stays dark for too long until you exit out or restart it that's what it looks like for so long and i checked it's not that it wasn't that it is not that i tried to do a quick google here but you're not gonna find it but you know like one because nobody gives a shit and all i can find is like uh you know so the very premise of this movie is fucking stupid um you have a basically and the whole reason we're at this bachelor party is that like the affleck's grandpa has like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So you cut to a scene he's in the hospital and he pulls Affleck aside. Affleck's going to get married. Mm-hmm. He's traveling down very soon. Although they're both together. Like he and Maura Tierney have a scene together where they're like doing like a VHS. Yes, they're like in bed and she's holding a VHS recorder. Oh, horrible, horrible scene. But like, yeah, they're together, but then like they're going to be separated. Like, well, she's going to fly down early to help get things set up. So he would have gone with her. But, but it's instead, the next day. I don't but understand. But instead he's sticking around to check on his grandpa. That But that scene happens like the next scene after them being in bed is like him going to the airport so like what are we I know, doing i don't get it either so frustrating so many people are like not waiting around steve's <laughs> we'll get to it in a second but like the whole thing that like the whole premise of the movie is starts with like the grandpa in bed telling ben affleck it's like oh i was like oh yeah you you were married to your one person for your life it's like marriage is a prison well and then he's talking about the stripper and he's like she was so beautiful and then ben affleck's like yeah but grandma was is beautiful was beautiful too and he's like have you ever seen your grandma have you ever really looked at your grandma oof yeah, what I even wrote down the comment. It was horrible. Like, oh my god, it was like a mean, uh, like a really mean. Uh, uh, yeah, I started keeping track of some of the sexist shit that came up in this movie, but then it was just too much. Yeah, he calls but, her something real bad. But anyway, every like the whole premise of this movie is that literally every character that Ben Affleck's gonna come across till the end of this movie is being like, oh well, my marriage was terrible, mm-hmm. and you should either that or like you should never get married. That's stupid. So that he's supposed to like second guess. The whole conflict of this movie is that he's having. Uh, second thoughts. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's enough for a mo- for me for a movie to be based on. Like, no. this guy might have some cold feet premise. Mm, not if I only see two minutes of the relationship in the first place. How do, I, how do I know if the relationship is good or if they belong together or anything like that? Yeah, this movie does not give us that. It doesn't give us any of that. And then, yeah, and the only things we see of Maura Tierney are very obviously cut down to the bare minimum. Yeah, like she has her own subplot that gets like r- clearly ripped right out from under her because it's only like the bare bones of it is still around in the movie. It's weird involving like an ex boyfriend, and it's just like there's a scene where like she sees him, and then like they're at a party, and she's unhappy, and the next scene is they're kissing, and it's just like what, like what happened? How did this happen? Like none of it's there. They cut it I'll all. I'll tell out you of the why. Because this movie, this new movie, cut at two twenty, and they're like, no, this hour, this movie cannot be two hours and twenty minutes. Chop the shit out of it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he's getting all these warnings throughout the whole movie, and so he's going to the airport now. With Steve Zahn, who, like, thank God he's in this movie, but he's not in enough. No, he bails for, like, 60 minutes. When he comes back, it's just like, thank you for being back, Steve Zahn. He is at least energy. He is at least kind of providing some kind of uh, funny performance. Entertainment, yeah. Yeah, but he's not in enough of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But he has forgotten the rings. Mm -hmm. And so he's just like, all right, well, I'm going to go back and get them. 
you I'll just book go on another a plane. fight. Yep. So weird. Again, we do see a shot of the Twin Towers, so that tells you obviously this is pre 9 11. Obviously, it is because 99. But, like, yeah, you, this is apparently, well, this is back when you could just fly anytime, anytime you wanted. It's great. Yes. And before cell phones, so, like, shit's right. happening. You can't, like, call each but other. That's what's so frustrating about this, because, like, okay, so jump ahead. He gets on a plane. He sees Sandra Bullock macking on some dude in the, in the airport a few times. Mm hmm. She honestly is portrayed kind of like like he's supposed to be kind of weirded out by it. Like not, I think the idea is that he's supposed to feel like attraction to her, but like she's macking on some weird looking dude. Like he, I don't think that's actually happening. And then she sits down and uh, in the same row as him with another guy, and this other guy is like catcalling her, Jesus Christ, and yeah. like making horrible comments about her. He has more terrible comments about how marriage is terrible. His marriage is ended poorly, so he's getting all this hit right. So then we get. Um, which is pretty wild. Uh, the reason this plane doesn't get to Georgia mm-hmm. or Savannah, yeah, uh, is that some plane of uh, some birds get sucked into the engine before they're taking off, blows the engine, and then like there's a sequence where, and I guess this was maybe a little expensive. I don't know. Uh, the plane never takes off, but it like rolls off the 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 um, runway mm-hmm. and kind of crashes into a thing, and people are jostled about, and Sandy Bullock gets nailed on the head with uh, Affleck's laptop because he has out of course because he's you know writing his vows and having trouble and she's laughing at his uh, corny lines mm-hmm. oh my god but he gets she gets knocked out and he carries her off the plane everybody's fine but now he's afraid and he doesn't want to fly and so now they've got to get down there so i have questions oh god just even hearing you say this i just my eyes can't roll back in my head far enough he calls because they see him on television mm-hmm. which is wild and he's carrying her and then like he calls down to Savannah and talks to her, and then the for some reason she's like, "I can't talk anymore. Talk to my dad," which is a weird thing to do because they don't get along. But then he like so he gets to a payphone and calls him, right? So my question is, is like, why not wait for Steve's on, <laughs> or why not call his house, or why are you like so urgently yeah. trying to get down? Because he refu- he doesn't want to go on another plane. Uh, he wants to just get down there, but the 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 rental car area is too. Oh, well, there, there's all the planes are canceled for a little while. Anyway, all the planes right? are canceled. All the rental cars are booked up. Why wouldn't you just take a taxi back home, yeah. which is how you got there? Yeah. Back to your best man and best friend who you were going to fly with. Steve's on. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because he ends up driving down with his girlfriend or whatever. Because why show up even later. have Steve Zahn in the movie at that point? Like, what know. is the fucking point? Because just we to like introduce Steve him as a yeah, character to be like, like he's in this movie. Hold tight, he's gonna show up in a fucking hour. It's a fun character. We want to see him, right? Oh god, it's so bad. But yeah, they end up getting like a, there's another guy who has a car. The thing about this movie is that there's a lot of setup for jokes that don't really like they're annoying jokes, and mm-hmm. so you're glad that they don't really land. But like, yeah, they go. Her, he and Sandy Bullock decide to join up with this guy and drive down like pay split the cost Mm -hmm. Vic well Vic is you know haha joke is he's got a drug charge on him and he gets arrested right but that happens so quickly and it's over and resolved so fast there's not really much comedy they like just cut to them getting chased by a car with sirens to them just being in jail and then a minute goes by and then they're just out because it's fine because they talk about like uh, you can't uh, you know they don't have anything on them or whatever so much random terrible shit happens so quickly that just like just could just keep it's a real force of nature you could say it's fucking annoying like everything bad that could happen happens to them right but it is not done in a way that is like at least and listen i remember when we did planes trains and automobiles fairly recently on this episode podcast and 
like some of that was like I I was pushing back a little bit. It's like some of this is kind of annoying, right? A lot of it, yeah. Right, but at least that movie is pitched as a comedy. This movie is just has annoying things happen, and no, it's not pitched as comedy. It's just pitched as like, ha, ah, man, man, what are you gonna do? Fate has put us together, and it's just like we're only supposed to ride on the charm of Sandy Bullock and the charm of Ben Affleck, which admittedly, like, they're not bad in the movie. Neither of them. Sandy Bullock's great in the movie. She's good, yeah. Her, she actually has... I kind of like that she has a part to play. Yeah. Ben Affleck is not great in this movie. I think he's fine. He's not doing anything. It doesn't require him to do much. And the two of them don't have chemistry. No chemistry. Yeah, I know that's a big problem with the movie. I do like that Sandy Bullock is playing this woman who, you know, she's a... You know, it's pitches a free spirit, but it's not... It could have been really cartoonish, and it's not. Like, she is, does seem like a real person. She obviously has problems. She has a kid that she talks about at some point. She's kind of had some messy relationships. She just needs this money that she's driving down for. You know, she does at least feel like a realish person and not just like this manic pixie fantasy girl for Ben Affleck to pine over and think twice about his wedding. So I kind of like that. I kind of like how she's never like pushy about any of it she doesn't like she even kind of resists him and doesn't really instigate this relationship at all she kind of lets it happen once he's willing to a little bit but it's not like well she did kiss him in the airplane in the airport well yeah but because she was like thanking him for uh that was yeah that's that was almost a little out of character yeah this fucking movie yeah. doesn't know what it's doing i don't know it's just a bad movie but yeah like i was gonna say they get on a pl- they've, they've done the plane they've already gotten out of the car they can't rent a car anymore and so they get on a train right and that happened you know that oh god this fucking scene the train stops and she's up on top of the roof of the train because this is what people do on trains She's hollering out at the sky, doing a Tarzan. Uh, it's horrible. It's just horrible scenes where people are like, I'm alive, live life. And then, like, because they're fucking around, like, the last few cars of the train are being transferred, and so they, like, are not on the right train anymore. And now they've missed that because they're fucking around on top of a train. And so you've done 35 minutes. We checked it. Mm-hmm. And they're already done with planes, trains, and automobiles. We're going to get a bus. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. We're going to get a laundromat with a... Uh, a very weird uh, text on the screen. Did you remember this? Uh, yeah. They get their money stolen at this. Uh, That's way down the road, but yeah. They get their wallet stolen or whatever, right? But there's like this line. The, what is the name of this? It's got like this uh, at the laundromat. And they you, they show it so many times. They're sitting it like they're like, I don't know if it's supposed to be a joke. I looked it up to see if it was like a thing. It is not a thing. It is not a thing. Um, I wrote it down. Do you got it? No, I don't. I have it somewhere, but I can't find it. It's about Jesus. It is about Jesus. It's uh, written in bright red paint. It just says, Jesus is a truck headed for God's where, spelled W-H-E-R-E, warehouse. So not spelled the way you would spell warehouse normally. Jesus is a truck headed for God's warehouse. Oh, here it is. Yeah, what? So yeah, I looked on Google to see... If I this was too. a thing, <laughs> I looked to see if it was just spelled wrong, and I like, that was a gag. Nope. None of this is on nope. the line. None Random. of it is on the internet. So it is this weird... It's probably like some inside what thing, fuck? right? Fine. Weird. If it was just like one shot, but they have a whole scene here in front of it, yeah. and it's, it's... just okay. super weird. The plot is stupid. Yeah, yeah. So we don't need to go through the whole plot, right? Let's talk about this, though, because... Um, and this is a delicate thing, right? So while this is going on, and I think this is trying to make it seem like... Because this movie has a problem. It has no time with Maura Tierney to, to understand what kind of person she is, right? And especially considering the ending, they still want us to like her, right? So how do you do that and then also have a movie where Ben Affleck is on the verge of cheating on her 
with Sandra Bullock, who we're also supposed to like. Well, we have to give her some other plot where she's also being tempted, right? Well, fine, except that it is completely cut out of this movie because David Strickland comes in. He is like someone in this... Uh, like a childhood friend or something. He's introduced very briefly. He's letting off... Uh, it's not a good performance, and the unfortunate thing here is that this actor who was on... Uh, what Suddenly Susan. Suddenly Susan uh, ended up dying, killing himself, like, really soon after this movie came out, right? Mm-hmm. So this is all tinged with not good stuff. But, like, and this is hard to, like, so putting that aside in a bucket, because this character is creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not pitched in any kind of way, and I don't think it's his fault. Which it's is funny, because just... on Suddenly Susan, he yeah. plays a very likable, interesting, funny character but i don't think you're supposed this is to think, not that this there's is nothing creepy. there he just it's weird it, it's like the whole performance been stripped out and the only thing left is his lingering longing looks at her and he's just like i like you yeah i like you and so it, it just lingers what right the fuck so there's no other scene except for like they're at a party that is cut down scene where she's uncomfortable and her parents are oh she finds out her parents have been divorced for a long time or whatever separated, okay yeah. because everybody gets separated that's the whole premise of the movie so then like she just he just she just grabs his arm and they leave no other scene no no scene of them talking the next time we see them they're on a bed making out and then she decides like oh no i can't do this and leaves and that's the end of this mm-hmm. until the wedding when he comes up and is like i love you don't marry him that's it like everything else has been cut out but like that's this movie's attempt to like it's okay that Ben Affleck and Sandy Bullock are kind of vibing because she's vibing. Like, it's okay. Don't feel bad about this. But it's like, it's not, none of it's pitched right. It just doesn't work at all. As we say this, I, I want to very much criticize the director. But it's so interesting because I know that, like, producers and stuff have a say in final cuts. Well, this and, is a basic script problem, too. And it. But is it like, was it in there and then it had to get cut? And were they like, were they like, give us more of this and less of that? Or when did he die? Did they end up just wanting to minimize his No, he died after it was released. Oh, it was. Okay. Well, I don't know. I I mean, I think that there's an attempt to like maybe not do the normal thing because it's around this time when movies started to recognize like a little bit of like, okay, well, if we have this bad character, like the the fiance who's kind of terrible, like that's not like that's a cliche. And so we want to avoid that. But then this movie is doubling over because in the end, spoiler alert, he, Affleck and Mauritania end up marrying each other. Like, they reaffirm their commitment to each other, right? So, they're just, I don't know, it just doesn't work. Like, and then you're supposed to just feel like, oh yeah, well, I don't know, like, are we supposed to feel good about the relationship? Because it seems to me like, well, he's, like, he couldn't go a day without trying to mack on Sandy Bullock, and she couldn't go a day without macking on this guy. It's like, this doesn't seem like this is, you guys are in the right place to marry each other. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird thing where, culturally, we're saying, like, oh, people get cold feet. This is what people do at their bachelor party. You know, one last hurrah, blah, blah. And I just don't think that's necessarily a thing. No, I think it is a thing, and that's why 50% of fucking marriages end in divorce. All you people that get fucking cold feet probably shouldn't be getting fucking married. So it is a thing, but, like, I know what I'm saying is I think that the normalization of like it's just cold feet mm-hmm. is, is is wrong. The problem. Is wrong. I was like, well, why are you feeling that way? Because you know you shouldn't get it be getting fucking married. Which is why in two to five to ten years you will be fucking yeah. divorced. Well that's what I th- yeah. I mean you know, I that there's something to that. I, I have yet to met meet someone who's been in like a very, very long term marriage that was like, Oh, we both had cold feet and almost cheated on each other right before our wedding. And I think that's different than um <laughs> You know, I think if you're nervous about a wedding, that's, that's a different totally feeling different. than I'm not being saying like, that. I don't think we should get married. Or I think I like this girl I just met on this airplane that I'm spending half a day with and has many opportunities, by the way, to 
part ways. And even at the point at the train station, he says like, and I kind of like this scene a little bit where he's like, oh, I think I'm, we're, I feel like we're sparking a little bit and I don't want to do this anymore. I think we should go our separate ways. And she was just like, well, I wasn't feeling that way, but okay. <laughs> like, I yeah. like how she kind of like just yeah. knocked him down on that part. Um, but yeah, I, but he has opportunities because spoiler alert, like Steve Zahn shows up at one of their stops and he has every opportunity to just like, not only explain himself, which he doesn't do mm-hmm. at any point, he just mm-hmm. complicates everything even more, but like also just leave and just like not deal with that. But like they set up this promise where he's supposed to pose as her husband, which I don't think it, that's not how I, that works, by the way. Like if you need like someone to pose your husband to like get some money, like they're probably going to ask for ID just guessing also it doesn't work it it eliminately is deflated right when that that scene starts happening later in the movie too right oh i have to agree with roger ebert oh good what did roger Roger say um he hated this movie one star right yeah i think he picked it in one of his like worst movies of 1999 hate hate this movie he's probably in that book yes yes so one of the things that he talks about is uh Oh, where to go? It was a great little blurb. The movie is a dead zone of boring conversations. Yeah. Agreed. Contrived emergencies. Yep. Agreed. Unbelievable characters. Yep. Agreed. And lame storytelling. Yeah. Totally. Even yeah. even then, it might have worked at times if it had generated the slightest chemistry between Ben mm-hmm. and Sandy, but it None. doesn't. They don't have any. She remains winsome and fetching. I like this line, but he acts like he's chaperoning his best friend's sister. Yes. As a favor. Yes. Yes. They, he does not seem like he's into... He does not give a... An, which is interesting because, like, I was... He did a really... Ben Affleck did a really great interview with Matt Damon recently Mm -hmm. and they talked about the movies we talked about at the beginning of the episode, but they also, he brought up like Geely Mm -hmm. and like, it was what I liked about his interview was like, well, I know that was a really like low point of my career, but it did like, cause he's in a currently in a relationship with Jennifer Lopez again. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I met her. There was actual spark between us at that time. You know, like there's a value to that in my life or whatever. And I would say I've seen Mm Geely. I've seen Jersey girl where she's also briefly in um, there is more of a spark there, despite it being a bad movie, than the spark that he has with yeah. Sandy Bullock here. And that's in a very terrible... Uh, uh, Geely is a worse movie than... But you although, can... you know, Geely's at least weird. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give you a points for being like a weird movie. And that's definitely where this is just generic and awful. Yes. Roger, can I agree with all of that, the yeah. chemistry, yes. He continues to say, uh, and I think you'll find this agree agreeable, the movie combines at least five formulas. Yes. And probably more. The meet-cute... Ugh. Which is what, Tyler? It's when, you know, like, there's, like, a little spark between, like, a, a funny way that we've gotten together somehow. Oh, we were in this, like, airplane crash, yeah, and, like, yeah. you hit me in the head with your laptop. Yeah. Uh, the road movie. Yep. Uh, the odd couple. Yep. Opposites attract. Yep. And getting to know yourself. Yep. It also cuts back and forth between a journey and the preparations for a marriage. That's more tyranny. Barely or, there. More, what's Jesus Christ, whatever her name is. Taylioni. Taylioni. <laughs> and it tries to keep two sets of parents in play with so much happening, it's surprising that it finds a way to be boring. But it does, by cross-cutting between one scene and another. None of those parent characters register and, like, no. they're all recognizable, including, like, Blythe Danner, a great But they you know, all look actor. the same. No, like, they don't They don't register as characters other the than, fuck? like, the southern, the southern ones are broken up and the other two are together but you know none of that works this is like he makes a good point about like this like plot things that don't really come of anything there's another part where okay so there's a big sequence where they po to get on a bus 
it's one of those like, oh, if you listen to this condominium pitch, we'll give you this free trip somewhere, mm-hmm. which we've been approached. We've never done one, but we've been approached like at Disney World on our honeymoon. Yeah. Someone would come up and like, hey, do you want to like spend a day? We'll give you like this other vacation later. Yeah. Like, you get but, this free thing if you listen in for this. Which yeah. I thought was bold as shit to like pull someone who's clearly like come to like when you go to disney you have to like you pay it's not like it, you're just yeah. hanging out on the beach yeah like you spent money you've likely spent money on multiple days like we, our our tomorrow is planned mm-hmm. like it's like we spent money they're on like tomorrow. come spend four hours with us and no but they're like approaching people at disney world being like why don't you come and do this and we'll give you this other no we didn't we'll do, get, that. do anyway. this what's it called the share yeah. share time share timeshare timeshare yeah yeah right <laughs> anyway, anyway so they they, there's a bus ride that they decide that they say they pose. This is the part that's confusing to me. They make a very convoluted story about them being married, which they could have just said, like, oh, we're dating. Mm-hmm. What's the difference to them if they're just coming to maybe buy a condominium? It doesn't matter. Those people never care, right? Yep. Um, but, like, they pose this thing where Ben Affleck is playing a doctor, a surgeon, right? To the point where inevitably, like, there's a moment where they go to this weird theme park that's a real theme park. It's called, like, South of the Border. Yep, they spent three days filming there. It's a very, like, a uh, lot of, like, racially insensitive imagery yes. of, like, people. You know, it's like Speedy, like, if Speedy Gonzalez was, if they licensed Speedy Gonzalez. It's called the Sombrero or whatever, oh, right? Terrible. Yeah, come on. It's so stupid. Anyway, uh, they're there. Well, of course, one of these old people, because it's just a bus full of old people, they get ill and you're like, oh, no, he's going to have to, like, be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Come and that's a terrible uh, that's a terrible plot point that you've seen that a million times right this movie doesn't even do anything with it it doesn't no. where he's just like okay well uh, call 911 and then he like does some like he doesn't C- even do he doesn't CPR, even do CPR cut it's fine oh you saved him like there's nothing to it no. it just happens so quickly um the only thing that I enjoyed about this particular stretch is one Steve Zahn does show up um finally they're at like the random hotel that they're staying at for the night um, Richard Schiff, mm-hmm. who is Toby Ziegler on the West Wing and is on The Good Doctor now and is on, you know, he's a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. My favorite from The West Wing. He is this the, uh, tour the, the guide of the condo selling and thing. A, you know, early-ish role. This is kind of right. 99 was when The West Wing started. So, yeah, this is kind of a early Schiff. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot of energy. But, I mean, it's the terrible part. I mean, it's nothing to do here. He's just... He also has a, had a terrible relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, nothing there. Um, Zahn shows up with his girlfriend. He sees them. Like, they have this scene where Richard Schiff is with Steve Zahn. And, like, he keeps saying, like, oh, the doctor. Like, Steve Zahn is confused by how he's referring to Affleck, right? Yeah. By, by the way, it makes it easy on us this movie because Ben Affleck is playing a character named Ben. Yeah. Which is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Holmes. But anyway, why wouldn't you, like, in this situation, like, when this is going on, immediately the first thing is, like, Hey, Steve Zahn, let me just pull you aside real quick right here. Yeah, let me update you (laughs) on what the fuck is happening. (laughs) Nothing. Doesn't explain it. Leaves to his room. Be like, oh, did you get the rings? And pull them aside. That's all you got to do. And then tell him what the fuck is happening. And then just leave. But then like, so then even when that conversation's done, it's like, okay, I'll see you in 15 minutes. It's like, no, let's have a conversation about what's going on right now. It's so obnoxious. Doesn't happen. He goes up to the room where Sandy Bullock has, oh, she's gone down to... A, the, a dance? <laughs> There's like a social going on at this hotel? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, but he's got to say goodbye. Well, no, she's just so alluring on the dance floor that they've got to dance and we've got to have this scene. And it's not, um, I'll, I will give it credit. I, it, again, it's all Sandra Bullock. It's, um, yeah. All she's her. got this lengthy thing of like, well, do you want me to give you some advice relationship relationship before you go? And she kind of like goes through the, the things. And it's like, 
contrived screenplay bullshit mm-hmm. because it's Sandra Bullock. It's like, oh, that worked. Mm-hmm. It kind of works. And then he feels awkward, but then Steve Zahn shows up and they've got to run out of there and then they jump in the pool. And I will say the only laughs of this movie came from Steve Zahn when his girlfriend is right there and they're looking at the not pool. Not his girlfriend, just his, his driving mate, the oh, other maid of honor. She's like a maid of honor, right? Yeah, they're not even together. Two people Steve that are very important to explain what is actually happening here, yep. which, by the way, never happens. Like, we, yeah. we get an offhand remark about Maura Tierney saying like, oh yeah, my... For uh, my maid of honor told me about all this stuff, but like whatever, I don't. I'm not worried about that. It's like okay, <laughs> like what the fuck? It, it just gets disregarded. But like my, the best part of this is like uh, Affleck's in the water, or no, the lady's in the water, or something like that, and he's under, and she's like, oh, he's under there, and Steve Zahn's like, no, that's like the plug or something. And he was like pretending there's literally yeah, no people. He's in the trying pool. to protect his friend. I love it. But just so being like, funny. no, I don't think he's in. That's not him. I I love it. It's he's so funny in so little of a role that yes. um, I appreciate him. But again, no explanation here. They just they end up leaving without him. Uh, you know, I don't know. They make out in the room because she's wearing her underwear. I don't get this. That was pretty frustrating for his character what did th- th- they make out oh yeah this is just well because before that like there's this lengthy thing where he's like staring at her shadow taking a bath but like the movie keeps Ugh. cutting to inside the bathroom where we see like actual her naked skin back, yeah. like it's very sensual for her but then we're cutting to Affleck who's only seeing a blurry shadow and I'm just like okay like Ugh. I guess if she was doing that and it was the door was open and you saw that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, no, I could see how that would be like distracting for you. But like, otherwise, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's where this movie goes really weird because it becomes a thing for a little while where he's just like, well, that's it. We're like, I really like you, even though again, no chemistry. And they're at a point where they're arguing with each other, where like, it's that dumb thing where they're like, oh, I, you, they say the most horrible thing to each other they can think of. And then they make out. And it's mm-hmm. just so stupid. It's just a movie thing that I hate. Such a fucking movie thing. I hate it. Um, but yeah, then for like 20 minutes, we're just acting like he's just like, well, I'm gonna, I'm going down to end my marriage. Yeah, this he's, is it. he's ready to not get married. He's into her. He wants her. And I will say, I again, I do appreciate Sandra Bullock being like, I mean, okay, like whatever, like I, I don't care what you do with your marriage, but like. Like, don't do it on my account, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's not, like, big on it. Yeah. You get the sense it's just like, I mean, I could take it or leave it. And then, spoiler alert, I mean, she basically does just take it or leave it. She kind of sees what's going on. She's like, all right, well, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a movie that's about, let's called Forces of Nature, um, it's weird that, like, they set the storm that's coming as kind of, like, the big climax. But, like, that's really the only weather in the movie because it's a bird that knocks the plane down. Yeah, they do have to run through a rainstorm too, and they get very wet, and that's they the, go to Kmart. That's the Kmart montage setup. Yeah. There's still a, there's only maybe one more Kmart. So in this it country. was raining, and they had the slow mo hail as well. Oh yeah, that's right. That slow mo weather. It was like Matrix. It was like Matrix yeah. hail. That was expensive. Yeah, that's probably where like some of the money went. It was like literally like what it reminded me of was like oh man, because like oh the Matrix came out and well it was the same year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow, they're really. Uh, well, it wasn't the same technology, but it definitely had that vibe. It's just like, you guys didn't need to spend money on this. I'd love to share a couple of the problems I had with the movie. Great. Random specific things. Okay. I have a thousand. So okay. I'd we'll love pick, to hear a couple. We'll just pick a few. Yep. Um, I've said a lot of mine. Ben Affleck's career. What about it? Oh, so Ben Affleck's job that's paying for oh, him to job. live in fucking Manhattan <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, yeah. wait for it. Yeah. The author blurb 
page he's a blurb writer. writer. A he, blurb writer. He works at like a publishing company and his job is only to write like the blurb on the book. That it get, gives you the synopsis of the book and like the little bit about the author, right? The blurb. Like how many, okay. That's not a job. One, the author's fucking writing that. Maybe, that. okay. It could be a responsibility of someone who has a broad job at the publishing company. But like, it is not a your job, job is not like, like how many books is the, is the company publishing? Like even let's say it is the mm-hmm. most successful publishing company in the world mm-hmm. at the height of book popularity. How many books could they possibly publish in a year? Yeah. A hundred? Yeah. Is that, well, let's, let's call it 200. He has to write 200 of these in a, in a year. In a 200 year. 200 blurbs in a year. That's his job. Fuck you. That's, for people who have to write for a living, fuck you. That's, that's not a job. funding <laughs> him living in Manhattan. So funny. Love it. It's like a greeting card uh, writer who's like, that's like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in like 500 Days of Summer. That's the level of uh, uh, job. Yep. So <laughs> Travel writer. I loved that. It's like a Hallmark Christmas movie job. Yep. And yet he still can't pull his fucking vows together. Oh, no. That's the thing. And, then, and also, there's an entire scene on one of their pit stops of their journey yeah. where she's he's like, oh, I wrote the blurb for this book or whatever. And she's like, that's what made me want to read the book. That was like when he said it was his worst or whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, it's something of erotic mummification because it was about a mummy. I mean, I would want to read that, too, I guess. But like... Uh, erotic mummification? Yeah, you She bet. just happened to read the book of one of the oh, things so he wrote the thing for? Shut the fuck well, up. Well, because you got to remember, it's the most successful publishing company in the world. He... Nearly every book that you've ever uh, you've ever heard of in 1999, he probably wrote the blurb on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! Okay, here are a couple comments from the guy on the airplane early on. Oh, those are great. And tell me what you what your thoughts were. Uh-huh. Uh, I was married. I had to tell my wife her morning breath smelled like roses. <laughs> what kind of a comment is that? What Sounds the like fuck? a punchline, a joke, like uh, like a Norm Macdonald joke. That was like a Norm Macdonald roast to Bob Saget. R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh. And then and then and then tell her no. I've never noticed the eighteen-year-old who delivers our newspaper. She doesn't hold a candle to you in the thirty pounds you've put on since we've stopped having sex. What the fuck? Uh, so much to say. Um, sir. The comment before is very much like the Norm Macdonald Bob Saget joke of like, yeah, it's like your face was like a. A uh, bouquet of flowers. Yeah, cauliflower. Yeah, uh-huh. That's yeah, I thought I'd level. do the voice for yeah. you. All right, people, both of them. So yeah. You know what's fun? Huh? Is uh, men in 1990s movies making jokes about pining after teenagers. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's there. Yep. And not even a joke, but like a serious, like, how am I not supposed to want to fuck her? Yeah, it's really weird. How dare you? I mean, you're fat. You've put on 30 pounds since we've stopped having sex. Oh, fuck I you. I mean, and that's kind of like this thing where... <sighs> What I will say, this is weird now because it's a weird movie now, and obviously in part because it's Kevin Spacey and everything we know about him, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, American Beauty did kind of, like, dismantle that a little bit mm-hmm. of being like, hey, no, this is really creepy. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't do this. This is messed up, people. Yeah. Even if these characters that you're pining after in shows are played by 30-year-olds, it's still... Yeah. It's well, still pine after them. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's weird. Uh oh baby, come to daddy. He says that to her. Like well, what I wouldn't of... give for an ass like that. What do you mean by that? Do you want your ass to be like Sandy I Bullock, was or are you just wanting to like touch to that? Bang ass? that ass? I don't know. Sure. This is your lucky day, sweetheart. Got just enough room for you, darling. Oh my god, it's so bad. And then she talks about maybe working, having worked at an airport or something. I was. She had a lot of attention. different jobs. Yeah, and she then, was a stripper at one point. Oh, we didn't even talk no, about. No, okay, the but scene. before that, the guy's like <laughs> talking to her, and he's like, "Oh, in one of those little outfits," and she's like, "Like what a the like an airline, like a flight attendant outfit. What? Like the a Pan Am fuck? back in the day, which they don't have anymore." 
Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's another thing I want to talk yeah. to you about. Um, when Ben keeps calling uh, Mor- Morna, Mora Tierney, or Talion, Mora Bridget. Yeah. That's her name in the movie, Bridget. They, they, he does this like baby talk oh, with her. Oh, oh, it's horrible. Who who decided what? this? Never. Can, can we Never. stop the infantilizing of women by like baby talking them? Oh, was... I'm just talking to you like you're just this little and baby. And it's supposed to be dumb, but God, it's horrible. Like it's just something I, that you would... like. Note to men: people not don't, sexy. I don't think people do that though, either. I don't know because well, well, on the flip side. It, just in community, you know, you, you have the like women doing the baby talk to men. Just of, in like, community. In the show Community. Uh huh. What's your name? Did a whole Santa like? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny though, because it's definitely a commentary on that. And I like that movie. That show is very smart about using uh, Annie in particular about that because she's like mouseish, right? Uh-huh. But she's like supposed to be an adult. And what I like about that show is that they always like. Joel McHale and Allison Brie clearly had a chemistry and the characters had a chemistry, right? And so what I liked about the show is that they never... Like, they kept doing it and then they kept being like, this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> oh, daddy. Like, I, oh, I feel like right. Allison Brie is just... Like, she has such a young face. She's only just barely gotten out of this, unfortunately. I, I like her and she's great on Community, but, but she's done other good stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. One of the moms says at one point, uh, I voted for Clinton. All the best presidents sleep around. You did laugh at that as well. Oh, because it was so weird to have a political joke i didn't think it was a funny joke no you did laugh out loud though you because like, it's so what weird the fuck? well because yeah clearly they're like uh and it made more sense when you found out they were divorced because like clearly like like they're this whole wedding's like at a plantation like it's these people are like, clearly like yeah this is deep red state <laughs> deep red state yeah 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 mm-hmm. it's such a weird what anytime there's any kind of political stamp on movies is awkward um but that one was especially like oh my god that's actually a line in this movie Ugh. You wanted to talk about uh, they need money. all her jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, the end. Yeah. Well, it's toward ish. the end. It's not mm-hmm. even the fucking end. They need some money to buy this do- car for $150. They they only get $150. What, are they going to put gas in this thing? What uh, fucking car in 1999? <laughs> that runs, too. Um, so they go to a, a bar. And it, it and also, it's clearly like midnight. So even if you were going to go buy a car, you'd have to wait till morning. But they don't. They get it that fucking well, they night. Get it that night. Anyway. Well, but it's a bar and it's like not a, it's just like a bar. And there's like, it, 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 like, there's no like idea of there being like any kind of show at this bar. It's not a strip club. No. It is a bar. It's just a bar. They go up to the bartender or whoever the owner is and just be like, hey, can we put on a little like show for you? Like the suggestion is, is that she has experience being a stripper. Mm-hmm. So she will. Uh, go and strip at this bar, which is, a, I mean, a terrible idea. Like, I'm not going to make a judgment about strip clubs, right? But, like, strip clubs are structured. Like, you, you have a, a place where the strippers go, and they're on a... They're not... You're not you're not supposed to be touching anybody, you know what I mean? Like, there's the very this clear... This was 1999, like, pre-rules about there's that. Even there's a process. No, there's, there's bouncers and stuff at, sure. like, strip clubs, right? So, no, like, you can't... Like, this is a bad idea. Like, this is a yeah, bad idea. Yeah, what doesn't happen is someone off the street walking up and being right. like, can I strip? And they're like, cool, go for it. But then, like, no. joke, they're not interested in her. Like, well, we want to see you dance because oh. it's a gay bar. Which is so hilarious, right? Because it's 1999, and it doesn't treat it um, homophobically, thank God, right? But it is this weird thing. Yeah, And I think it's, it's presumptuous either way, where it's just like, oh, here's Ben Affleck getting on the on the table. He is terrible dancer. He, he doesn't is very dance. awkward. He feels uncomfortable. He's just standing there. And they're, like, cheering this on, and she kind of helps him do this, like, strip tease. She's dancing around right. him. 
taking parts of his clothes off. He's doing nothing. And I think it's kind of insulting, regardless of your gender or sexuality, to assume that, like, I I love that this guy's being awkwardly yeah. stripped down even against his will. No, no. The, the group reaction in the bar is everyone then comes around and is, like, very Because excited. he's so handsome. They're like, whoo, yeah, baby. And they're clapping and they just, like, can't wait for him to strip. And uh, do you think he no. strips down to his nothings or his just underwear, do you think? I don't remember. They cut away because it's a PG-13 movie, but... No, no, no. Well, at one point, she has taken mo- a lot of his clothes He's off. Just got his and then he falls on. back into the men, oh, and then they yeah. start pulling his clothes off of uh-huh. him, which yeah. is also like... Weird. What the fuck? I don't know many gay men who are even the slightest interested in a super straight dude. Well, that's the other thing, because he's clearly not... He's not... He's not fucking gay. He's not gay, so like... Why and he's he- not okay. that hot like i mean it's well he's 99 aflac i mean but he was he's working not out. like super ripped he's not like i mean, I mean he was working out for armageddon that was in that interview too he had to go to the gym all the time and get spray tan but for the armageddon. way he's in his like oversized oh, so clothes well, he's it's not schlubby. sexy he's, he's schlubby, schlubby because he's awkward right like yeah like he's sandra not bullock hot no i know well and it, like that's i guess speaks to like just like even in that small moment you can believe sandra bullock was a stripper as this character because she's exuding sensuality she's and i'm not just saying that because i'm heterosexual i'm just saying like she's performing it in a way that like okay that person is clearly comfortable dancing yeah he's whereas like, this person no. is not therefore Mm-mm. why would you be like will was that a was that even a 150 dollar worthy dancing performance Fuck if no. i was the bar you owner even if i was there. into this sort of thing i was like you weren't even dancing I don't know. It's so weird. It's such a weird thing to have in this movie. It is like kind of serves as like almost like the pivotal moment right before the end of this movie. It's so weird. Uh huh. Anyway, and then there's a, <laughs> and then the the whole thing that we've kind of danced around is that there's a fucking hurricane going on during this wedding. <laughs> like, yep. They keep acting like this thing's gonna happen. Like, nope. Like the tables blew away. <laughs> like it's done. Now at our wedding we had a little thunderstorm roll through, and there was a period. After we got, we read a rush through our ceremony because there was lightning in the background, which was really cool, but also like we could die. Um, but there was a period where we went inside and ate and there was ra- it was raining for like 15 minutes and mm-hmm. there was a storm that blew through, right? And for a little while we thought like, well, I guess if people go home, I guess this is going to be a pretty small party. Well, it went away and it was fine. But like, even then it was like a rainstorm and I was like, well, if this rainstorm continues, we're probably going to stop this function. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it wasn't a fucking hair or hurricane. Yeah. And this is a hurricane that they've been yeah. talking about and things mm-hmm. have blown away. It's dangerous. There's glass flying all over the place. Uh, this old plantation's holding well because, you know, it was built by slaves. Oh, that's the, <laughs> that's the house, the the castle that they kept referring to in the sh- in the a film. A castle, notes. Jesus Christ! Is it a plantation house? Oh, Fuck. I, now now I am curious to look at the history. Now, I don't want to get the into plantation the, stuff. Whatever, that's fine. I, I don't want to get into that. But Jesus, anyway, this movie's fucking stupid. So <laughs> at the end of the movie, yeah. it definitely one leaves you just fucking irritated and two it doesn't earn no him staying with her no to, he has to, a speech and then she's like oh i guess you wrote your vows <laughs> to the very last scene where he's about to like uh, he's at a decision point right he's either gonna he's either gonna go after his fiance or sandy i have a question do you think he would have uh, bailed if she wasn't wearing a pretty dress he's just like oh she looks pretty good I don't know. Like, that's just the only thing, because, like, the wind's blowing in her hair. Again, because they haven't established their There's relationship. There's no relationship established. But I think he would have bailed if Sandy, Sandy had been there. 
if she had because been in he this frame they make this like scene where he's looking where she was sitting and going to be waiting for him and she's not in that spot yeah so then he a goes a tiny to her. little sliver it's I mean God forbid if she just moved over an inch oh my God she left so I feel like I don't have yeah I don't have a sense of whether like he had decided. she been there oh my God. he would have like pieced out so stupid. But, but yeah, they, we're supposed to believe that. And then, yeah, we get that, that the other guy. It's like, I'm in love with your daughter. And that just gets tossed aside. Like, she does not... I mean, she was rejected him after they made out. I mean, so she's done the same, like, quote-unquote cheating that they did. I think that's the whole point. They're like, well, they both made out with somebody, right? Whatever. Like, none of this was earned. Like, none of this relationship is earned. We had one scene where they were, like, talking on a stupid VHS tip and then doing baby talk over a phone. I can't... That's not enough for me to be like, yeah, they're destined for each mm-hmm. other. This is romantic. No, it's not. This is shitty. This is a hurricane. Get the fuck inside before you get killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Only well, got in the eye for a second because it was sunlight. That's how he decided it was fine. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, eye of the storm. This must be meant for something. And then, and then he didn't want to go on the fucking plane again. And I know the lights were canceled, right? But then, like, he's got tickets to Hawaii. So they get married and they don't have the wedding there. It does actually get canceled fucking finally right so they decide they're gonna get married in hawaii because that's where they're going on the honeymoon we don't have a scene i'm sorry you made a big fucking deal about not flying or even <laughs> waiting a day to fucking fly because you're afraid and you don't even give me a scene where you're like nervous to get on that goddamn plane no it just cuts to them in hawaii fuck you are you kidding me the whole thing yeah. was based on you refusing to fly they pretty much cut out every scene that they every minute that they could oh, yeah. without cutting out the emergency catastrophe scenes of like oh oh the bank started on fire where they were going to get their funds so now they can't get their money like we didn't even talk about some of that bullshit and it still feels like an hour too long and it's only an hour and 40 minutes yeah so uh, now what i'll say because uh-huh. it's sandy new year is that eh, she, i think they both walk out of this movie unscathed but Affleck uh, doesn't have anything I, to do. I disagree with you on He's that. He's not bad in the movie. He just has nothing to do. It's not a character. And uh, they have no chemistry. I'll give you that. But that's, both, that's on both of them. I think that's not just him. I mean, I was feeling chemistry with Sandy. I was like, I'm... Uh, I mean, I'm, I always feel she's chemistry fanta- with Sandy. But, I'm here for her. Yeah, she's always fantastic. I'm always there for Sandy. But, um, no, she's good. I think she's actually kind of good in the movie, despite it being absolutely horrible around because her. Because she gets to, like, be this magnetic energy of, like, see what, like, exciting life can be. The, the Yeah. And he's nothing. What I find interesting about um, Sandra Bullock is that she's actually very good at dodging, even when things are bad. And the only exception, really, is a movie she made called All About Steve, which she's playing a very severe character, and it is a very bad movie. But she... Lo- <laughs> Because she's got that magical Sandy Bullock power, that movie came out what year? Uh, the year when The Blind Side came out and she won the Oscar. Nice. So it's just like, even though she got like a Razzie, like it's fine because she was winning the Oscar for The Blind Side, yeah. which is not, again, that movie, not, her not best a great movie, not a great movie, but she's very good in it. Right. And that, she's just, she carries that whole fucking movie. Right. I mean, that, but that's what she does. She that, She's able to even do lousy movies and she's got something there even when nothing else is working. And in the case of Forces of Nature, literally nothing else with the exception of Steve Zahn and like five minutes of screen time, nothing works in this movie. Yeah, except I, for her. I would be interested in seeing more of her story and her character and her in this yeah. role where she gets pregnant at 17 and leaves her kid. And, and I wonder if this is the thing where, you know, she's very popular at this point. Is this a thing where like, okay, this is a vehicle for Sandra Bullock. It doesn't really matter who the guy is, right? Because we've no, seen but that no, before. No, because this is his movie. This isn't her movie. This is his movie. It is. That's movie. what's weird, too. This would have been more interesting is minutes. her movie. Yeah, she doesn't show up. Oh, that would be so much better to start this movie just with her. 
and of um, this guy who's like keeps thinking he has the spark with her and then that's just how 90s i mean yeah. you couldn't do a movie where yeah yeah it's yeah but it it definitely is like she's the only it seems like she's the only character that it, the writer had any interest in actually developing though mm-hmm. and i always wonder if that's because like well she's our star we got to make sure she's got something good and this is like they forgot about everything else i don't know it's so weird Ugh. I never want to see this movie again. Oh, it's terrible. I've seen it twice now, because I saw it in 1999, and I remember not liking it then. You know what's weird, though, is that he made another movie... Who he? Ben Affleck, called Bounce, where it's him and Gwyneth Paltrow, and that's a movie that's this drama, and that movie's based on... I think it's Gwyneth Paltrow's husband dies in a plane crash? Anyway, that movie's pretty good. Like, he's actually not... Like, that movie's better. Bounce. It's called Bounce. Hmm. And that movie's not bad. And then, of course, um, I don't know. I'm a I'm an Affleck defender, but I what? like. What? No, we've never heard you talk about that. No, but like even in two like two, you know, 2002, he does Changing Lanes. It's a very good performance by Ben Affleck. That's when he starts to kind of. Are figure you just out, trying to defend Ben Affleck? I always like to defend. Like ben Affleck. that's not a question that was asked of you, I so I don't know why you're answering that. A lot of this is because you know he he made those remarks about another person that I feel very close to, Fos Fonis, to this Jennifer Garner. I think he kind of like put his foot in his mouth a little bit in an interview where he kind of like disparaged her a little bit because mm-hmm. they were married. He shit talked her. He yeah, trashed a little bit. her. I don't think that's what it, I, I think that context and that was not quite right. And I, I, but I had some, you know, I, I was upset with my man Affleck for a little while. Cause you know, like he blamed shit on her. That it's not her responsibility. And I get that. You know, they that's their own personal life. And so that's fine. But I, I get a little protective of Jagar. So, you know. But you know what? If it's your own personal life, then don't fucking talk about it in an interview. Well, you're not at, you're getting asked about it because you're at, you're into movies. But People you don't have to to divulge. Well, no, he doesn't have to, but he You yeah, fucking dumb dumb. It seems like they're fine. They don't they be co-parent a dumb-dumb. together. I'm not going to be No, I'm not going to I'm not going to take sides because I feel like a I feel like I'm a child in this relationship where I don't I don't want to take sides between my Jagar and my Ben Affleck. Like I will not pick between my mommy and my daddy. And I know everybody's real excited about J Lo and Ben Affleck, and I'm just like fine, okay with that. But like, let's make sure that Jagar is okay too. Like, does she have someone in her life that's like pretty awesome? I think she's so. probably be a little busy being a fucking mom right now. Well, she's got she's got some Tic Tac game. We know that. Yeah, she does. I mean, she doesn't have as good of a career as Ben Affleck. I mean, that's just fact. Probably because she's too busy being a fucking mom and being a fucking woman. Yeah, because in I fucking would say Hollywood. I would say they've both picked a, a, the equal amount of bad movies <laughs> to be in. Right? Like they've both been very good. Yeah, at but who gets more movies. choices in Chances. their movies? Well, one of them has won two Oscars, not for acting, but yeah. But who won two gets Oscars. more options? Because his friend, yeah, well, you know, you know, you can't really like compare their movie choices when one doesn't get as many choices. I'm, I'm just I'm Team Jagar. Team Jagar. Team both of them. I will not pick. You cannot make me pick. <laughs> yeah. What is what has uh, Jagar been in? She recently? was in that terrible Netflix movie that you uh, yesterday. That was the last thing that she's been in. Oh uh, yeah. She does Capital One commercials with my boy Sam Jackson. Uh yeah. She's in a few shorts. She's in a TV series. She's in 25 episodes of Llama Llama, where she plays Mama Llama. That's the a voice work. Yeah. So she's busy doing that. Yeah. She's in a, a TV series called Camping. She's oh, like yeah, that was a show on HBO for, like, a season or two. In 2018. Yeah. She was... The last movie was Peppermint before that. That was She was a star of that movie. I never saw it. Love, Love Simon? Movies. Isn't that a good movie? I do like Love, Simon. I Is that the show that. or the, the series? the mo- movie. The movie's good. I like the movie. I had not seen the show. The, yeah, she's done some stuff. I don't stuff. remember her much in that, but... She was in Dallas Buyers Club. Yep. She's good in that. Mm. The movie's not great, but... She needs better... 
No, she's too busy being a fucking wife and mom. She's not a wife anymore. I mean, I don't know if she's... I'm sure she's dating somebody, but... Still. You're not going to make me pick. Stop it. He shouldn't insult her. Okay? I don't... I think it was misconstrued. Anyway, what we can <laughs> insult is Ben Affleck in Forces of Nature. I I mean, I, I think he, he walks away from... He made far worse movies in this era. No, in, that's not true. This is one of the worst movies that he made. But he has worse performances in movies around this time. For sure. Like, he's worse in Reindeer Games. Let's and, be clear. And, uh... <laughs> I take back withholding my criticism of the director of this movie. Yeah, she did a shitty job and should probably stick to TV episodes. Well, I, she it seems like her career is doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure after doing Forces of Nature, she was like, oh, fuck this. The deal with this fucking movie. Holy yeah. shit. How fun to work with Sandy Bullock, though. Maybe Happy Sandy New Year. <laughs> she's obviously not she's terrible. Not terrible. I have not watched that being said I never I didn't watch her Netflix movie this year I never watched that Bird Box movie from the previous year of Netflix as you can imagine she's great in it yeah they don't seem like my kind of movies both of them are very like this other one looks like too much like uh, sad shit going on the other one which one one is that it's called like The Unforgivable or something like that ew that sounds heavy yeah it's too much is it it what is it it didn't get great reviews so I'm like well I guess I don't need to see this for any year end stuff so I'm not gonna watch it Ruth Slater, a woman released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime and attempts to re-enter society. She must try to put her life back together again in a world that refuses to forgive her past. She did something unforgivable. What'd she do? Something terrible. Is it based on a true story? I don't know. You'd be sadly mistaken if you think that. Bird Box was based on a true story, right? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I don't know what that's about. All right, well, this has been a very long and almost as long as the movie episode of Old Millennials Remember Movies. We better cut before we make it to the hour 45 No one's listened this far. (laughs) It's fine. They stopped a while ago. They probably stopped at Maura Tierney or Taylioni. If you want to gouge your eyes out, I highly recommend Forces of Nature. It's on Hulu, maybe. 1999. Thanks for listening. Why didn't we watch Speed or even Speed 2, which is terrible, but like in a fascinating way? Because I, I feel like I saw the thing. I read the, the the plot of this, and I was like, that sounds interesting. All right, next year, speed or speed two. <laughs> so we're going to do practical magic. That's October, though. You know what? You're not the boss of me. We could have done Time to Kill. I remember liking that movie. Again, we can't just do good movies. <laughs> this is the first... I would say the first, like, The Net is not a good movie, but it's very entertaining. Fuck you, The Net is great. I don't remember what I said about it three years ago when we talked about it. It's a silly movie, but it's, you know, it's a 1995 movie about the internet, so that's fun. Ah, so great. And then Miss Congeniality, legitimately charming, and While You're Sleeping is, like, underrated as shit. That movie's good. So, yeah. This is the really, this is, this is, this is the low point for Sandy New Year so far, clearly. You have to, you have to go there, though. All right, friends, happy Sandy New Year, and we will talk at you another movie. Yeah. I was going to, well, I was going to tease, but then, well, it's going to be, nah, never mind. I don't like to commit to things. It's fine. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, fuck that up.